You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from our guest speaker. What if, what if he did something tonight that made you new? What if? What if you came tonight and something happened inside you and you just felt refreshed and new? You got your zeal back. You're not just religious. You're not just going through the motions. It's not just another meeting. What if? Oh, you guys, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank God you're not wasting no telling what God's got for you. No telling the gifts that you're going to discover when you get it right. And that's true for all of us. The more we get it right, the more we release our purpose. The more we do it God's way, the more we are free to let God be who He is in us and through us. And we can honestly come to the place where we'll say, it's no longer I that lives, because I know my flesh. Woo, I know my flesh. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. What if the presence of the Lord came tonight and just fired you up? Just got you burning again. Just brought you back to your first love when Jesus touched you. When you got a a glimpse of the kingdom of God and it was real. Eternity became real. God became real to you. Now all of that has to take place if you're going to pray. If you're going to touch God. If you're going to communicate with God and it make a difference, you know, prayer, just as a Christian, we, we know there's some basic things that are vital to your walk with the Lord. The Word of God. Without the Word of God, we'll get off and be the occult somewhere. We'll go be worshiping and playing with snakes and doing all kinds of stuff and putting feathers in our whatever, I don't know. You know, just weird. Without the Word of God, we just get space cadets and we get weird. The Word of God is vital. I tell you, the Word of God for me is alive. Now, it's alive. I can read that Word And it jumps off the page at me. I'm telling you, convicts me, makes me happy. Does its work. Whatever it is that I need, it will do its work. I can't get people reading the Bible, but I know why they don't like to read the Word. Now, this is basic to prayer. I'm talking about prayer. I know why they don't like to read the Word. They need the Holy Spirit. They need the Holy, you need the Holy Spirit. Paul said, you gotta, you gotta have the Holy Spirit. He's the one that guides you into all truth. He's the one that will reveal Jesus. And he's at work to bring you salvation. 
You cannot know the Lord without the revelation given to you by the Holy Spirit. God's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. So who's down here to help us? The Holy Spirit. God's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. So who's going to help you? Jesus said, don't you guys get upset because I'm going away. Because I'm going to send you some help. I don't expect you to do this by yourself. I'm going to send you the helper. And he's going to help you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. Now, I tell you, when I surrendered and let the Lord baptize me in his spirit, just zonk me out. Come on, Holy Spirit, and you take over. He revealed Jesus. I fell in love with Jesus. I fell in love with the Word. I began to read the Word. I'd read it all my life. I grew up a Christian and read the words every night since I was 10 years old. And it did its work in me. But I only had those Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that I could understand. I couldn't understand Paul. He's too heavy for me. You know, even Peter, I think, says he's pretty heavy when you read about that. But he reveals. He guides you into all truth. He will lead you. So we're reading the Word, we go to sleep, and it's boring, and, and we know we ought to, oh, tonight, tonight, tonight. This is my prayer for us. We cannot survive and be the New Testament church that was birthed on the day of Pentecost when we have to make ourselves read God's Word. And learn more about Jesus. And have an infusion of truth. The word of God's truth. It'll help you know what you're supposed to do. And who Jesus is. And who God the Father is. And who the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll, he'll teach us and train us. Man, when I started getting in the word. Things that I had made excuses for. Attitudes that I had made excuses for, the Lord began to cleanse me in a very deep way. And He was preparing me. He was preparing me through His Word to pray according to His will. If you ask anything, He says, according to my will, it will be done. Now, we know Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. You have not because you ask not. Whatever you ask, you shall receive. So people take that because they don't know the whole counsel of the word. And then they're disappointed in God. He said for me to ask and I asked and didn't get it. I prayed and it didn't happen. One of the big stumbling blocks for prayer is when we think God has not answered our prayer. Now, let me tell you something tonight about prayer and unanswered prayer. When you surrender to trust God, you trust him, period. Otherwise, you don't trust him. You were trusting in your desire. You were trusting in a piece of the puzzle, but not the whole thing. You didn't know the whole counsel of the word. 
God always answers prayer. He sometimes says, no, I got a better plan. Now, you can't see it now. And you can't understand it now because you thought you were asking according to his will because there's a scripture that said this and one that said that. You thought you were. If you trust him, you trust him. Period. Now, that set me free. That totally set me free. Because we, got, we get religious things going. And we begin to teach God always answers prayer. You can have whatever you ask. And then we have all these dead people around here mad at God because they asked and didn't get it. Because they asked. The Bible said we can ask amiss. What does that mean? If you trust God, he knows the beginning from the end. And let me tell you something I know about God. Let's say I'm praying for a boyfriend. This will resonate with some people that are here. Or it could be a girlfriend. That will resonate with some people here. And I pray for a certain person. I pray and I pray and I pray and I, ooh, she's the one, he's the one. God told me he's the one. God showed me he's the one. Oh, I know he's the one. And you pray and she marries somebody else or likes somebody else or he, and that doesn't happen. Now, many of us have had that experience, right? Many of us have had that. What's the deal? Well, if you live long enough, God brings you the right one and spared you. He he did answer your prayer. He knows your heart. What were you praying for? Love, the right one, the one that you believed was the right one. God said, I've got her and I'm getting her ready for you. I've got him and I'm getting him ready for you. I'm gotten. Now you ask me, Eddie, why are you saying all that? Because I married Don Brooks. I had had so many boyfriends. I had had so many that I thought were the ones. I thought, I thought that. And God told me in a grocery store to marry Don Brooks. God said, Now, he wasn't what I thought. He was exactly what I needed. Exactly. He became everything that that any woman could ask for. Steady, dependable, reasonable, right. And he could handle me. Come on, you guys. God's in charge. God's got a plan. So don't let your doctrine mess you up. Prayer is valuable. I was reading a story as I was reading a lot of books on prayer. And I was reading a story and this guy had taken, had five children. He had taken his kids up on a camping trip, except the little daughter who was eight years old. She had autism. 
and she hadn't spoken a word, and she's eight years old. The older daughter, who's 13, 14, they were out camping, and he went outside the tent, and she was there, and she was just crying and all distraught. And he said, honey, what's the matter? And she said, I've lost my contact, and I just can't see. I just can't see. And he said, the daddy said, let's pray. And she said, it won't do any good. Why pray? It won't do any good. And he said, honey, why do you say that? Why do you say that? She said, because I've been praying for my little sister for years now that she would speak. And she still doesn't speak. And it won't do any good to pray. I'm tired of asking God. And I'm tired of praying. And I'm tired of believing. It won't do any good. So the daddy. See we act like that's the end of everything. We act like that one time. Or those times when you were intense. And it didn't happen. Then we give up. We just give up. We throw in the towel. That's it. He doesn't answer prayer. And I was taught that he would answer prayer. Got to be careful. Come on. Come on. Get it for yourself. Get it. Digest it. Let it, let it be a reasonable thing. The daddy just went aside. He said, God, she needs faith right now. And she needs to believe that you do hear us and you answer prayer and we don't know the reason why our little sister doesn't talk and she's got autism. We don't know all that. But could you help us find the contact? (laughs) Turned around, looked down. There was a contact laying right there on the leaf. He reached down, picked it up. Here, sissy. You see... You see, we've got to understand that when we don't understand, we have to turn it loose and trust him. It was said, though you slay me, still I will trust you. Though you slay me, whatever, when you trust him, you trust him. I see people say, well, I have faith. But it didn't happen, and so I've given up on that. If, if you don't have faith until Jesus comes for whatever, you don't have faith. My faith is whether or not I see the answers. My faith and my belief in the power of God to do what's right. Let me tell you something. A lot of times we pray for something specifically, specifically, and it doesn't always happen specifically like we pray for it. And if you have faith, you know God's, he, he chose the better way. We just pray according to the best we know. And in our carnal life and in our carnal mind. But see, He knows your heart. 
And sometimes he doesn't listen to your words. He listens to your heart. You want the right girl? He's listening to your heart, not your words. You want the right guy? He's listening to your heart, not your words. You want to be free? You want to really be free so that you can communicate and come into the presence of God? He knows how to do that. He knows how to do that. And he's working with you. We just want to pull strings. We want to pull strings and get answered prayer and make God some little puppet up there who does this. And when he doesn't, okay, we're confused, but we'll go on and we'll drag through life. Tonight, he wants us to be new. He wants us to be fresh. He wants faith to rise. He wants us to believe. Let me tell you something. I happen to know what I'm talking about. Now, that sounds prideful. No, it isn't. It's the truth. Don Brooks and I had nothing. Nothing. Or very little. We did have something. Very little. We certainly didn't have a vision for what we could do with what we had. He was to give you a vision to do something with what you have. And how is that going to happen? He has given the body of Christ authority. And he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. We have prayer is our way of releasing heaven to come to earth. Prayer is our way of, of taking our responsibility that has been given to us to be the stewards over this earth, over this world. In the Garden of Eden, God said, now Adam, here's what, here, here it is. Now you, you watch over it and tend it and you take care of it. And it's our responsibility. And Jesus plainly said, you have not because you ask not. Whatever you ask in faith, believing, you'll receive. Now, you say, God, please deliver me. God, you do it. See, our flesh is too weak. We can't do it. We're in bondage. We're caught up. and We can't do it. We've asked God. We've prayed, God, you do it. And it hadn't happened. It hadn't happened. When I learned how to pray, I'm going to tell you, if I'm praying for something, I pray till Jesus comes. Things don't always happen overnight. He's not a puppet. But once you pray, the work begins. The work begins. He's ahead of you. You can't see it now. He's ahead of you. He's way ahead of you. If you believe him, if you trust him, if you have faith, he can't do anything if you're going to keep on holding the answer. He can't give you. He can't help you to come to a higher place. He knows the end from the beginning. I was reading a scripture in Isaiah, and it said, we don't even know, and I know some of you, we've had loved ones die. Don has gone to be with Jesus. We've had loved ones die, and sometimes they die too early. And we, this scripture said, we wonder why some die 
before we think it's time for them to die. And he said, we don't know that God is sparing them from something worse. We don't know the love of God is sparing us. Sometimes we can't turn things loose. Sometimes we can't turn it all loose. We can't let it go. But prayer, prayer is not begging and asking and messing around and hoping it's going to work and not hoping. Prayer is a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God your Father. Prayer is knowing Him. I know Him. When I got right with the Lord and I surrendered, I began to read the Word and it began to change me. I fell in love with Jesus and the love that I tried to make Don Brooks be my Jesus, and he just couldn't. Your pastor can't be your Jesus. Your husband or your wife can't be your Jesus. That girlfriend you think is going to be the answer to everything. That boyfriend, nobody can be your Jesus. It's a place in you reserved for him. And through prayer, you contact that place that's his. And that place in you that's reserved for him gets filled with him. I got filled with a love like I had never experienced in my life. I just loved everything and everybody and still do. I just loved everything and everybody and still do. He will impart his heart to you. Our, our flesh, it's the flesh versus the spirit. When you learn to, p- to pray, there's an exchange. And the exchange is, he takes, he said, cast your burdens on me. He takes all of that flesh that won't let you be who you could be. You can't be that because your mother disappointed you, your daddy disappointed you. You were abused as a child. You have sexual problems. Somebody raped you. Somebody stole from you. Somebody, all these things we have, and they are roadblocks and strongholds in our life. And prayer will help you to deal with that, to open yourself up to those strongholds so you can honestly say, oh, wow, I have been held captive right here. See, he will reveal the devil to you. You have an enemy. He's right up here. He's right up here. He's going to lie to you. He's going to do everything. And let me tell you something. Satan will do anything and everything he can to keep you from praying. Because prayer will change your life. Prayer will release heaven to come to earth. And the miracles can happen in your life. When I got right with God, miracles began to happen. I lived in great expectation. I was thinking the night when the song was going, you know, in your presence all things are made new, we can be made new. I thought, does anybody here even expect to go out of here new? We heard the song kind of, and we're kind of waiting for it to get over. Kind of wait until something else happens. See, we we never do what what we're doing. We're always somewhere else. We never get what's happening now 
we're going to go to Sonic when this is over with our friend. We never get what we're going to do right now. We're going to get what we'll watch on TV when we get home and when we get out of here. See, we never give ourselves to what God has for us in this moment. Prayer will bring you to the moment and the reality of who you are and who he is and what he has to impart to you. He doesn't want you in doubt and unbelief and fear. That's not what he wants for you. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And it's your job to have the faith to believe and to release, to release his ability in your heart and on the earth. I could write a book and fill it with miracle stories. I mean out and out miracles. Tonight I said, today I was praying for all of you. I said, God, could this be the beginning of the body of Christ all excited about answered prayer this week? Could we get excited and give our testimony? We talk about everything. We talk about who texted us and what they said and what they had for supper. I don't care what they had. Could we, could we be the body of Christ that begins to talk about him and his greatness and how he does hear us? And when you are praying and the answer doesn't come, you just keep praying. You just keep praying. Before I could get in here tonight, precious man that we throw kisses to works on the ranch, comes up to me and said, Miss Eddie, I've been praying for a, an air-conditioned cab to mow the grass with on the ranch. Been praying for four years. Four years he's been praying. See, that's the kind of praying I, that's kind of what I like. I like people don't give up. I like people just hang in there till it happens. Just hang in there till you get the right one. Just stay. Well, I'm lonely. Just be lonely. Just hang in there. Well, I'm, I'm just, just overcome it. Just keep on going. Just keep on going until you win. You're going to win and you need to get that in your mind. I will win. I belong to God. He came that I might have life and have it abundantly. I'm going to have it. And quit this talking. I don't know if I'll ever, the one I love, married somebody else. The one I don't have anybody. Well, I'm not as cute as somebody else. That's a bunch of baloney. Just irks me. It does. It irks me how we compare ourselves with each other. Stand up, somebody, and be who God made you to be. And do it good. I don't care how tall or how short. I don't care whether you went to college or finished high school. None of that matters to God. He's not limited to any of that. Stand up, church. And let's begin 
to call down heaven on earth. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to do what Jesus said. Get in our prayer closet. Get aside. Pull aside. Go out there and find you that place where you can be alone with him, undistracted. And listen. Not only talk to him, but listen. Listen. And then obey and do what he says. And let's begin to testify of the miracles. You know, I went last night to church. Something happened in my heart. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like I came alive. I've been a walking dead man. But I just felt like I came alive. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful, just a good old miracle to get inside you? We want the stuff out here to happen. But the real deal is for it to happen in here. In here, God worked me over. God set me free. God filled me with love. God infused me. Infused me with your power. Infused me with faith to believe big. My son is going to be uh, delivered. My daughter is going to be. My life is going to be free. God is going to be victorious in my life. Now, whatever happens, just keep believing. I just keep believing. Whatever happens. One most fun thing in the world for my husband to die, I just keep on believing. I just keep on believing. He's in God's hands. I'm not God. Quit trying to think you can figure out God. You can't figure out God. He'd be too little if you did. You can't figure out God. He's God. Let him be as big as he is. What was it that Jesus knew about prayer? They went to him and they said, Jesus, would you just <clears throat> would you would you just teach us how to pray? And he said, when you pray, say our Father. And I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there. And I want you to know tonight. B was preaching Sunday morning. He preached my sermon. Just preached my sermon. Unless you become a little child, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said we got all mixed up with all of our stuff. Unless you become as a little child. What is a little child trusting, believing, forgiving, happy, laughing, full of joy? A little child. And a little child that knows his father. His father, B, was talking about his having his children, his son, and what it meant as he watched his son, what it meant to have a father-son or a father-daughter-child relationship. You know, before we go any further with our father, I was reading this, the Bible, and Mark 11, 25 said, when you are praying, first... Forgive. Forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against so that your 
Father in heaven will forgive you too. Now, I want this to be the big basis of what God wants to do here tonight. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I want you right now to think if you're going to, if it's going to be another meeting and you're not going to pray this week and you're not going to do anything, your assignment this week is to get to know God and to spend time with Him. I'm praying desire that somehow you'll begin to desire to come up into a realm that's beautiful and wonderful and peaceful and full of joy. Get out of the muck and the junk that the devil has perverted on this earth. That you'll come up there where there's where there's peace and love and joy and life. That you'll begin to have a desire imprinted on you. I, I just think you'll be driving your truck and all of a sudden you'll start praying. I believe you'll just be working, digging, and whatever you're doing, you just start praying. God, would you help me? God, would you, God, would you help our president? God, would you help my brother, my sister, my mother? God, would you be here? God, would you teach me to pray? God, I want to love you. God, would you give me a desire for your word that I don't have? God, would you come? Now, sweet Holy Spirit, I'm opening up my life for you to direct me counsel me, teach me, guide me. I'm opening up my life for you to make me new. As we begin this, these times together, he said, first, before we get heavy next week into how to pray, what to pray, what the scriptures, as we get heavy into that, First, we need to get the strongholds out of our life. Some of us don't know the reason why we feel depressed and bored and sad. is because we have some unforgiveness. Maybe to God, you haven't forgiven Him because you prayed and it didn't happen. It could be unforgiveness toward a mother or father, a sister or brother. could be or some kid in the school, and some it could be your spouse. It could be somebody that abused you as a child or used you. But there could be a grudge or bitterness or unforgiveness. He said, when you pray, if you want to be forgiven tonight, let me tell you guys something. The greatest thing that ever happened in my life was to be forgiven. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. I got forgiven. And when I did, then I I started a little camp with seven kids. 54 years later, we had 2,500. I don't know how that happened. This was dirt road, little old house. This church, nothing here, nothing here. Don and I own this property. God said, I want want you to give it. I want you to give it to the church that I want you to start. 
we started a church with seven people. This church started in my living room. You don't know what God has for you. I didn't know. I didn't know, but I learned to pray. And I learned to believe God. And I learned to release myself to the will of God. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? Let me tell you something. When I got forgiven, I forgave everybody. I can honestly say there's not one soul that I hold any unforgiveness. Not one. That's important that the body of Christ can obey the word of God. We've got to obey it. I want us to take a minute now and just let the Holy Spirit. Is there any? Have you forgiven your dad? Have you forgiven your mother? Have you received God's forgiveness? If you haven't, your forgiveness might not have come and brought you the joy it brought me because you still desire, you still are unforgiving towards somebody. I want you right now to bow your heads. God, show me. Replace the bitterness and the grudges, the hurt and the unforgiveness. Maybe it's a husband who left you. Maybe it's a brother who took the inheritance or sister. Maybe somebody that used you or abused you. Can you tonight say, I forgive? Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your fear that somebody put in you. I forgive, Lord. Call their name. Our names. Don't look for a feeling. Look for a decision. Don't look for goosebumps. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Well, I don't feel it. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. This is your decision to forgive. I forgive my probation officer. Make a decision. It's not a feeling. It's not a goosebump. You'll be free tonight. Now, as you forgive, you have just done what it takes to be forgiven. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. Walk out of here tonight with not one bitter not one grudge, not one person that you are holding in unforgiveness. Not one. Walk out of here tonight free so that you can freely receive the forgiveness of God. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Stupid mistakes, forgive yourself. Oh, God. 
Help me to release that. The body of Christ needs to be free and clean and whole. When you say, I can't forgive, Jesus hung on a cross with nails in his hands, and he said, Father, forgive them. I want you to know tonight that the people that have hurt you, they may not know the Lord, they may not understand, and we cannot expect them to be anything other than fleshly, carnal people. We can't expect that because they don't know. They didn't know. I just came back from a seminar where a woman was totally set free. She's 60 years old. Her mother did not love her and mistreated her. And when I said they didn't know, she said the Spirit of God released her and she realized her little mother did the best she could. She was just doing the best she could, and she didn't even know. Some people are just doing the best they can because they don't know, they don't understand. Jesus said they don't know what they do. Stephen, well, they were stoning him. They don't understand. Forgive them, Lord, forgive them. If Jesus can do that, so can we. If Stephen could do that, if Paul could forgive all his persecutors, so can we. Forgive tonight. Forgive tonight. Say with your mouth, I forgive. I forgive. It's finished. It's over. It's done. Now, before you leave here, I want to say, Father, in Jesus' name, teach us to pray. Put a desire in our heart. May this be a week when we don't say words. Father God, we thank you in you daily. Amen. Where we don't say words. Where we listen. And tell him how much we love him. Sometimes my prayer is, Lord, I love you. I love you, Father. You ought to love him. You're not dead. You ought to love him. You're not in jail. Woo! You ought to love him. You're still breathing. Some of slower than others, but still breathing. I want you to turn, and I want to say, God, empower us to pray and release your will and your purpose in our lives. Call that person. Do what the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in. And let's leave here expecting I live with expectation. This will be a good day for me. I live expecting things to go right for me. When they go wrong, I just cast it off. That's not what I'm expecting. Nope, nope, that wasn't what I was, nope, 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 nope. That wasn't what I was expecting. Turn to someone and say, I will pray. I will believe. Now, pray, pray. We're going to be coming to the altar In the future, we're going to be praying. We're going to get miracles. We're ready for it. Amen. 
You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from our guest speaker, 